Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. Hello, church. How are you this afternoon? (laughs) It's so good to be here with you guys. Um, So excited that we have this series right in front of us, that it's beautiful. It began last week. I love the background and the noise in my message. (laughs) It makes it more, you know, real. Um, We started this series last week of The Crossing, and Pastor Tyler gave an incredible word about the legacy, and we were challenged and encouraged, and today we are going to talk about the opportunity. Say it with me, the opportunity. The opportunity. So we're going to go to Joshua together, and we're going to read together the, the portion of Scripture that... Um, this series is based on so that we can get a little bit of context. This is what it says. Joshua 1, we're going to start in verse 2. It says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this uh, Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, and you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that it is written. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Dear God, we come to you, Lord. Um, And you completely understand how we've come to this place. You understand our our burdens. You understand uh, the decisions we have to make this week. You understand the load on on our plate. At the same time, you are the answer for all that we are looking for. We pray that today you will encourage and challenge us that may we walk in, in, in wisdom and obedience to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, I don't know how many of you are aware of this term called FOMO. Yes? What is it? Fear of missing out. It actually, uh, psychologists call this a form of social anxiety. This is what it means if you are unaware. It means that... um, We uh, do not want to be in a room where we are the only ones that haven't experienced that. We, We fear not feeling everyone else's experience. So this is what happens. Because I don't want to miss out on anything, 
I, uh, I don't want to miss out on what other people are doing. I don't want to miss out on opportunities. The danger is people are saying yes to every single opportunity that opens up. They're saying yes to everything because we do not want to miss out on the experience that it will, it will bring us, even if that experience means pain. <laughs> Even if that experience means heartache, it means resentment and bitterness. I just don't want to miss out on it. Even if it's painful, I don't want to miss out because I want to experience it at all. It's crazy because um, uh, if we're not careful, we have to realize that not all opportunities are God opportunities, right? Not every door that opens is a God-giving opportunity, there is this show in, in Peru when I was, when we lived in Peru, this show that it was an American show called 911 that we used to watch it in Peru. And, uh, you know, you, people would call 911 and the journey of, of the ambulance going to the houses and my sister and I would watch it all the time. And when we came to the United States, we were in this apartment in Seattle and my parents went to get some grocery shopping and I saw the phone and that was my opportunity. It was my opportunity. It was a defining opportunity. I was going to define at that moment if this was a, a myth or it was a reality. So I was like, okay, in front of me is the phone. I get to call 911. And my sister said, no, please don't do it. She's more reserved. She's more like by the book. And I said, it, it's, it's in front of me, Karina. It's in front of me. I have to, we have to set the record straight. So I dialed, because you know, I'm 13 and I know everything. So I dialed 911 and I dialed again and again and again and no one would come. And I was like, this is a joke. It's not happening. And then three minutes into it, we hear this knock on the door. And it's a huge knock. And I'm like, oh, I'm scared. And I'm like, Karina, get under the couch. And I get under the bed. And, and we're like, if we are silent, they're not going to come in. They came in anyway. And, and I remember that they were talking to us in English. And, and I was just like, yeah, it was works you know and then I pointed to my sister so they will know that it was her fault you know because blame happens immediately after that and uh, it was an opportunity that I shouldn't have taken see every day we are surrounded by opportunities opportunities that we say yes to and, and they leave us exhausted and they leave us drained and they leave us bitter and they leave us uh, with empty, emptiness. Instead of filling us, they suck life out of us. And, and in the sea of opportunity, if we are not careful as a church, um, we may be drowning out that only life-given opportunity that will benefit you and those around you, which is God-given opportunities. Because we are surrounded by so many options, it may drown out the God-given opportunity in front of you. An opportunity that will bring life not only to you, but it, but it will bring life to others and those following you. Here is the people of Israel. They're in front of, of the promised land. God has swore to their fathers. It was years in the making. And finally, in front of them is the promised land. And here they are, ready for this opportunity in front of them. What can we do as a church and, and as Christians to be able to recognize God-given opportunities? So that we are not saying yes to every door that opens because we just want the experience. 
Well, when we look at scripture specifically in the book of Joshua, we see that God-given opportunities have certain characteristics. One of them is that God-given opportunities will bring discomfort. They will bring discomfort. In Joshua 1, verse 2 and 3, Moses, my servant, is dead. Uncomfortable, right? It says, go arise. Uncomfortable. Over this Jordan, you and all these massive people, uncomfortable. Into the land that I am giving to you, to the people of Israel. Every place that your soul, the sole of your foot will tread upon, uncomfortable. I have given to you just as I promised Moses. This is what happened. The people of Israel had been in the desert for a long time. How many years? 40 years. Maybe there's some babies that were born in the desert. Maybe there's some people that the desert is all they have known. This is the place where the crazy thing is that this is the place where God showed up. The desert is the place where God showed his power and his might. It's the is the place where God provided. It's the place where God healed. How many of us are thankful that in our desert, God shows up, right? In our desert, God heals. How many of us have been in moments of desert place where God has provided out of nothing? And we're like, oh my goodness, God keeps showing up in my desert places. But here is the thing, church. God does not want to leave you in the desert place. He wants to take you to a new place, but that will bring discomfort. It means that there's some things we have to live in the desert that we can't take on to the promised land. There are some things that God wants to do with us in this next step that we've got to just let go in the desert. There's some bitterness we can't take to the new land. There's some resentment we can take to the new land. There's some attitudes, some reactions that, yes, maybe the reactions of the desert, but God does not want it, us to take it to the new land. And that is discomfort. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to have to leave some things behind, the, the places of security for the unknown. And here is God telling the people, you have to cross over. But we're like, oh, God, God, you've shown up in here. I don't need to cross over. I don't need to commit more. I don't need to disrupt my comfort. I don't, need to, I don't need to dismantle all that I know. I have experienced you in the desert. And God says, yes, but that's not where, where I'm heading. I'm heading to this new time, and there are some things you need to leave behind. What are some things that God is asking you to leave behind for the sake of the promise, for the sake of tomorrow? That we've got to make that choice to say, hey, this is what I need to do in order to see God in this new time. This is what i got to trust God for, for this new time. And I've got to just leave it in the desert. So that is uncomfortable. There's, there are seasons of discomfort in our lives and we've got to be okay with leaving some things behind. The other thing about God-given opportunities is not only that it brings uh, discomfort, but also that it requires us to adjust our attention. Adjust our attention. It's incredible when we read um, the Bible, we, we read in Psalm, Psalm 1, 2, it says the following. It says, 
It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Also in Joshua 1, 7, God says to the people of Israel, to Joshua, he says, be careful. And he says it twice. He said, be careful, be careful to do everything I commanded Moses. Be careful to obey what I have given you. Do not depart from it. You meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do according to all that it is written in it. You know what being careful means? To be careful means to pay attention. It means to pause a minute and pay attention to something closely. Uh, you know, there's this uh, study done that revealed that there's this global, there's uh, uh, as a world, we're going through this shrinking of span attention, attention span. It says that uh, right now our generation is doing more things than before, but for shorter amount of time. So we have so much information thrown away that we're better at doing many things, but we're not better, better at staying in those things for a long time. And the problem is that social media has picked that up. Social media knows that our spam is shrinking. Uh, so what they do is they start putting new information every day. And the trends that used to be trendy, they, you know, a trend used to last a long time back in the day. Now trends can last three hours. And, you know, you, you're talking about it and it's not a trend anymore. No, it's, it's already dead. Like my sister sent me this, this report that said, uh, hello, uh, hello, millennials. The uh, laughing emoji has died. It's not cool anymore. Sincerely, the Gen Z generation. You know, there's, it's not cool to use that word, that, that laughing emoji anymore. Now, the, the laughing emoji should be that, that skeleton looking dead skull thing you know you put that when you mean laughing out loud till you die you know <laughs> who can keep up right but social media has to create all these new things because our attention is shrinking but here God says Joshua people of Israel he here he says people of God church of the Lord pay attention be careful to pay attention to my word. Be careful to delight my, in my word. Treasure it. Delight in it. Value it in such a way that you're like, I cannot move to the right or to the left. I've got to see what my God says about this. What is his direction? I will not be moved by the fear of the newspapers or the news. I'm going to be moved by what God says in his word. My emotions won't lead me. God's word will lead me. But we've got to be careful in meditating on it. We've got to, you know what that means? It means trusting the voice of God. My husband, my husband, we, we met, um, we met uh, in 2012 or something <laughs> like that. And we got married in 2014. We literally met and we were like, whoa, let's do this, you know, and we got married. And um, six months into our marriage, we did our first big purchase, which, is, which was a truck. Because my husband was like, we just need a truck. And I'm like, okay, you know, something about guys and trucks. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But um, so we did our budget. We wrote things down. And we are in the, st in the you know, place where they sell trucks, sitting down, about to sign. 
we're about to sign. And, and he's like, okay, Christy, sign right here. And I'm like, I need to phone a friend. And he's like, what's happening? And I'm like, I need to call my dad. And he's like, why? We did, we did our budget. We did, we did, we can do this. You know, we, we did our homework. And I'm like, I know, but you know, I've known you for three years. I've known my dad for 27. So I kind of trust his word a little bit more right now. You know, I just need to call him. So I called my dad and my dad's like, oh, that sounds like a great, you know, opportunity. And I hung up and I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do this. And he was like, you know, but seven years into our marriage, I trust my husband more than when I first married him. Why? Because relationship happened. Intentionality happened. I began to see his wisdom. I began to see his character. And, and through opportunity, through proximity, through giving and receiving, trust grew. So in order to trust God, it's not just, you know, singing a song saying, I trust you. It's being intentional about getting to know him because once you know him, you can trust him at his word, although you cannot see the exit, although you can't see what's going to happen next, but you trust the God who gave you the promise. You trust his word because you're meditating on it day and night, day and night. His words are on your lips day and night. We treasure his word more than we treasure any other person's word, any other news report, even our own fears and insecurities. We trust the words of the living God. And we say yes to that from that trust that is building inside of us. So we trust him. So we trust him at his word. So God-given opportunities will require tuning our ears to his voice. The other thing that it requires, it, it requires for us to do the work. God-given opportunities look like work. In Joshua 1, 6, it says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. In James, also in James 1, 22, it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So this is what happened. When God gives us an opportunity, many times it looks like hard, courageous work. What was different in this case, as Joshua was about to enter the land, it was a different situation than when God took the people out of Egypt. When God asked Moses to go to Egypt to get his people out, God performed the miraculous. He sent plagues in such a way that the people were like, get out! We have seen so much. God's hand is just too powerful. Just leave. This time, God is not sending plagues. This time, God is not going to show the miraculous in that way. This time, Joshua and the people have to go into the land and fight the giants. They have to go into the land and face the people. They have to go into war. Sometimes... God-given opportunities look like hard work. Can you imagine the things that we have not done because it takes work? I don't want to go to heaven one day and be surprised at the many things I've missed 
because I didn't want to do the work. And the things my children missed because I didn't want to do the work. See, we are standing on shoulders of people who dared to do the work. Our faith, this place, we're standing on the faith and the courage of people who dared to do the work, to face the opposition, to go into battle. See, my dad's yes 25 years ago blessed me and my generation as I hope my yes will bless my children and this is the beautiful thing about the work of God he says that he will give us of his courage and his strength to do all that we need to do but there's some things that require work there's some things that we've got to work on ourselves there's some things we've got to do and step into that we've never stepped into before. And sometimes, guys, sometimes we're waiting for the courage in order to go, right? I'm just waiting for the boldness. I remember I was uh, so scared starting and being in, in, in the ministry and there were so many fears coming and I was questioning the call of God in my life. And, and I went into this, this um, leadership seminar and, and I remember this beautiful pastor and, and, and she looked at me and she said, and she said, Christy, God is calling you to this. And I said, but I'm scared. Her answer was, do it scared. And I said, wait, aren't I, I, I'm, I thought I was supposed to wait until I build up the courage to do it. There's some of us who are just waiting to build up the courage. Uh, I have to wait to get it all together in order to, to do this. I have to wait until I'm like a saint. I have to wait until I, you know, the seas part. I have to wait until all my finances line up. I have to wait until I'm done with school. I have to wait until my business launches. And God says, no, 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 no. See, this is a miraculous. The miraculous is when you're lacking, I'm going to do the rest. When you go, I'm going to part the seas. When you do, I'm going to show my, my greatness and my goodness Sometimes God requires us to do the hard work and then we will see the miraculous. What are some things that are hard for us to do? Maybe, maybe God is calling us to the heavy work of forgiving. Sometimes just, I, wish, I wish I could wish myself into good shape. How many of us wish that? You know, you're like, oh gosh, God, please give me six pack. Wow. Miracles, you know, that's amazing. Oh, God, please make me forget all this pain because I don't want to go through the journey of forgiving them. And God says, You've got to do the work, you've got to step in faith, you've got to believe me for the hard things. Not only pray hard, but work hard and see God move hard in your life what is God calling us to do that looks like work maybe God is calling us to do it soon because our children will depend on that our future will depend on that see many of the things God calls us to is to, to face fears and face challenges just like David in front of Goliath but God has equipped you with what? The help of the Holy Spirit in you. And God says that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You have been empowered to do this. 
So do it scared. Even if you're shaking in your boots, do it. Because God is paving the way through you. And you will be a blessing to many. You know, I want to finish with this story. My dad, he had a hard life before coming to Jesus. He was in the, the world of drugs. In fact, he would, um, you know, facilitate the buying and the, the selling of the drugs from one country to the next. From Peru to, to Colombia, Colombia to Ecuador. And in one of those tradings, his father was killed. He was betrayed by a friend and he was, he was murdered. And my dad, uh, his life just, you know, went trampling down and he, he swore he was going to avenge his death. And in, in the funeral, the, his aunt starts uh, requesting the money of the inheritance in front of him while he's mourning the death of his father. So my dad, pre-Jesus, grabs his aunt by the hair and drags her out without, you know, throwing a few uh, words that are very questionable, bibi, baba, boo-boo, flying some fingers, especially one finger, you know, and throws her out. And then he meets Jesus. And he receives the forgiveness of God. And it would have been so simple to just say, Oh God, you know, forgive me for all I've done, including, you know, you know, what I did with my aunt. And God said, Go do the hard thing. Go to her house and ask for forgiveness. So he goes to the house of his aunt. His aunt looks at the, the little, you know, thing on the door, goes back to her room, comes out with the biggest heel of shoes that she could find in her closet, opens the door, and it's about to just destroy my dad's head with that. But as she does this, she notices that my dad is on the ground, on his knees, saying, forgive me. She said, what are you, do you have like a disease or something? Are you dying soon? Are you like, what's happening? He's like, no, I meant Jesus. See, that hard work that was uncomfortable, that was difficult to do, meant the salvation of my aunt and all his cousins, all my father's cousins. There is something powerful when we dare do the hard work. Can you imagine the blessings that await you on the other side of your courage? But we've got to do the hard things. Because God says so. He says, be courageous. What would he ask Joshua to be courageous if he didn't need to do something hard? Be courageous. Be strong. And in, in some instances, he says, he, be very courageous. What is God asking you to be very courageous about? What are some of the work God needs you to do in order for you to see him work miraculously? Maybe you are waiting for God to move and God's waiting for you to move. <laughs> And says, I will be with you. Just like I was with Moses. Just like I was, you know, with, with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I will be with you. So right, right there where you're at, if you can close your eyes. Spirit of God, you're in this place. God, and you, you're calling us for a new time. You're calling us for a new life. A deeper relationship with you. A more committed 
moment with you where we get to see you at work like never before. We have seen you work in the desert and we're thankful. We have seen you provide in the desert and we're thankful. But you have not called us to the desert. We're going through the desert to your promise. So right now, God, you're asking us to leave some things behind. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that we will leave some things behind. The past attitude, the, the, the ment old mentality, the grumbling, all the things, God, that the desert made room for, we want to leave behind in order to get onto this new timing. And God, we pray for courage. Courage in the midst, in the midst of, of, of fear. God, that we will step in faith knowing that you will provide because our greatest desire is to obey you. We want to obey you more than we want to obey our fear. We want to obey you more than we want to obey culture. We want to obey you more than we want to obey our, our, our thoughts. We want to obey you above every pressure coming our way because we are trusting in the living word of God. God, give us courage to do what you have called us to do in the name of Jesus. Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we thank Pastor Christy? Thank you so much. Man, what an important truth for us today. Every single day we're faced with opportunity, but we want to say yes to the opportunities that God's putting in front of us. Today I want to talk about a couple of next steps coming out of this message. If you're new to Life Center, this is something we do every single weekend because we believe that every time we engage with Scripture, there's an opportunity for us to put something into practice. The goal of Scripture is not just to add more information to our lives, it's to experience transformation. But it's hard to experience transformation unless we do something with what we've just learned. And so today I want to talk about a few next steps. If you're in the room and you have your smartphone, maybe you want to gra grab that little QR code up there. It'll open up our next steps page. Or if you're following along on the Life Center app, there's an opportunity for you to just simply click next steps. As well, those who are watching online right now, the team's going to put a link up and you can join with us in this process as well. But the first next step is this, and it's really the greatest opportunity that any of us will ever experience. It's the opportunity of knowing that our debt is paid in full because of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. You see, today all of us have been presented this opportunity to know that we can have a fresh start with God. We can leave this moment different than the way we started. And how do we do that? By saying yes to what Jesus has already done for us. And so if that's you, check that box. And the reason why we want you to do that is because we get excited when people make a decision but we're committed to helping you move from that decision to walking every single day with Jesus. That's called discipleship. So check that box. The second next step is this. We have an opportunity. Can you say opportunity? We have an opportunity this Saturday night right here at Life Center. We are hosting our annual Trunk or Treat event once again. And uh, what I love about this, last year we did this. So much was closed down last year, but our leadership team, we got together and we said, you know what? We are going to find a way to love and bless the kids and families in our community. So we came up with a drive-through trunk or treat. And I, I'm telling you, there was a moment that I will never forget that happened last year right at our central campus. A mom rolled down the window as I was kind of at the very last car and with tears in her eyes, she said, thank you for doing something for our kids. 
You know, it, it makes a difference when we are a part of a church. We don't just do events to do events. We don't throw events because we can't figure out what else to do with our time. We do this because we want to love and bless families in our community. And it's not just about the event in and of itself, because catch this, the goal isn't necessarily to get all these families to walk through the doors the very next week at church, although that might happen. Really, the goal is, is that someday that family is going to experience a challenge, a crisis, a circumstance, and their minds are going to go back. You know what I remember? I remember that place where they were smiling. They actually looked happy to see us. They were giving our kids too much candy. Let's go there. And I want to be that type of church. And so I was talking to Pastor Nick, our kids' pastor, and he said, we still need a few cars to sign up. Maybe that's your opportunity. You're going to say, you know what? I'm going to decorate my car for the glory of God, and I'm going to pass out some candy. Uh, Maybe you're just going to go to Costco and buy a few bags of candy and drop it off here at the church to, to help us in this effort. But it's simply a practical way. It's an opportunity for us to love our city well. Here's the third next step. And it's really what Christy wrapped up talking about, which is simply doing the work. Some of us, we've, we've known the work that God is asking us to do. Some of us, we've been hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, and yet we kind of push it aside. We don't want to deal with it. And maybe today, that's your next step. If that's you, check that box. Maybe you need to spend some time praying this week and asking the Holy Spirit for strength to engage in the work that he's inviting you to do. He's given you the opportunity, but now you've got to engage in the work. Today, would you join me in a word of prayer? Jesus, I thank you for your love for us, that it never ends. God, you're so good and you're so faithful to each and every one of us. And I thank you for the opportunities that you put in front of us. I pray that we would learn to discern what is your opportunity versus all of the other opportunities that come our direction. That we learn to say, a courageous yes, even when there's some discomfort involved, even when it requires a a renewed focus and a, a renewed attention on where you're calling us to go. God, even in the moments where we realize it's going to take work, help us never lose sight of the fact that you gave us a promise as we engage in the work, and that is you're with us in it. God, I pray that we would lean into your strength this week, that we would walk in the way that you're calling us to go. And Lord, I pray for those who are making that first decision to say yes to you. Come on, if that's you today, you want to dedicate your life to Jesus. You want to know that your shame, your sin, your separation from God has been dealt with, paid in full through the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to invite you to say this simple prayer with me right now. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation and help me to follow you every day of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision? I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet all across this room. Those who are watching at home, would you stand up as well? Listen, in a moment, we're going to be sent from this place on assignment. We don't dismiss church at Life Center because even when the gathering's over, the church keeps going. Why? We don't just go to church. We are the church. So let's go. Let's be the church this week. God bless. We'll see you soon.